What's up everyone? Welcome to the Sahil Sagal show where we interview some unstoppable entrepreneurs who are dominating figures in their businesses. Sahil here back again with an awesome insane guest. This guest has been on our show in the past. It was super amazing. If you don't know about our today's guest, she's Amanda Holmes, daughter of Chet Holmes, who wrote one of the New York best-selling books, The Ultimate Sales Machine. It's in the top 10 most recommended sales book of all the time. Without any further ado, let's welcome Amanda to our show today. What's up everyone? This is Sahil here and welcome to the Sahil Sagal show where I'm going to be interviewing some crazy entrepreneurs out there who started from scratch with no experience, resources and connections and then later on became unstoppable and dominating figures in their respective businesses. We're going to dive deep into the mindset of these super successful entrepreneurs to find out how they did it and how you can model it too. It's time to pick their brains and uncover all the strategies and tactics which these entrepreneurs used to scale their businesses from nowhere to multiple six, seven and eight figures. Welcome to the Sahil Sagal show. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much, Sahil. It's a pleasure and honor to have you Amanda once again to our show today. Yeah, and I see some familiar faces RJ in the comments and uh, hi Jagjit, Somni Sagar. It's awesome. great. Great. People who are watching live put a hashtag live if you're watching replay put a hashtag replay. Amanda, thank you so much once again for coming on and as we have already talked about your journey in our last episode and it's been really inspiring and at the same time some turning points happened in your life especially after your dad passed away and you taking the entire responsibility on your shoulders at the age of 24 and now you become the official co-author of best selling sales book of all the time how's this phase been for you transitioning from a singer songwriter to now co-author it's quite a <laughs> quite a difference i must say if 10 years ago you would have told me that i'm doing what i'm doing now i would have laughed in your face and said you're a liar <laughs> it's definitely not what i anticipated but a lot of beautiful gifts uh especially recently with a with a new book coming out you know it's just on the it's just about a week away from actually delivering into people's homes but they've been reading chapter 4 and it's just been Uh, there it is as well. Yes. I signed my <laughs> first few books at Funnel Hacking Live. That was surreal. Very very Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for giving this copy. I was I was reading some of the pages on the flight back to home and I really loved that chapter 4 that you were talking about in this book where you talk about the heading was the title was really amazing, uh, Death of a Salesman and Birth of a Strategist. that was really amazing and then you talk about all the different scenarios your client is saying this then you say that all that that was really in depth thank you so much for doing it yeah absolutely absolutely what are the challenges that you have faced amanda because again it's been something different that you have tried while writing and becoming the author for the first time well uh, my challenges actually were very similar a decade ago to what's happening today in the industry so Pre-COVID, the average company would take five to seven years to take their marketing and sales process to an online platform. And post-COVID, we're now only at a year and a half it takes on average for a company to get online successfully. I experienced that 
when I first inherited the company. So we had run all of our lead generation mostly from radio. That was our big driver, and it led to a call center that then would uh, get them into a webinar, and uh, it was such a process. And uh, I took it over when they had just said that you can no longer uh, make phone calls while driving, which was a huge part of the way that we got the leads was they would hear the radio ad and they'd call in. Mm -hmm. So it significantly dropped off our leads. So the rest of the industry started going online. So I was forced to go online and uh, that was quite a journey. I think that's why I appreciate so much automations and the ability to give such the best possible experience online so that by the time they talk to a salesperson, you've already indoctrinated them. They're already a raving fan. When they're setting up an appointment, they're so excited to set up that appointment because they've gotten educated and we've led them into the buying now category, regardless of if they were interested in what we had to offer before that, which is something I don't know if we're going to dive into the buyer's pyramid, but that's a little trick. Got you. Cool. That's cool. And while you were writing all this, like, I'm curious to know about, because when Chet Holmes wrote this book, it was a while ago. And at that time, social media and all was not a part of all this games. Did you make some changes in that perspective as well? So that it makes more sense now to uh, this, our generation today? Yes. When my father came out with the book, websites was two words, if you can imagine, right? It was really before the internet had become big. So yellow pages and cold calling, yeah. um, but it has continued to stand the test of time. And we've sold tens of thousands of copies just on word of mouth. For years, I didn't promote the book. It was just people that adored and loved it, like Jagdeet, who said, my mentor gifted me this book. Yes, I love that. Uh, it's very common that people would hand the book off to people because the, the strategies are timeless. What mm -hmm. my father did, cold calling and um, at trade shows, I now talk about the new implementation tactically on social media, right? So what he did on cold calling, I'm doing in an Instagram DMs, right? What he talked about for faxes, we can now do in ringless voicemails and text message automations. So, uh, right, his strategies are timeless. They stay the same. It's just the tactics that have changed. Wow, that's amazing. Absolutely. And that these changes will be seen in the book, right? Yes. Absolutely. I'm super excited for that. My copy of the book when it's arriving. Yeah. Woo oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to be dropping the link under the show notes. So if anybody wants to order a copy, definitely go ahead and do it. And people who already got the gift, that's amazing. From FHL, I know a lot of people got this as a gift. I got this as a gift as well. Amazing. That's cool. What are the lessons, Amanda, that you have learned from this becoming a co-author? Like, how difficult was it uh, to do that? It's the first time you did this, right? Uh, was it requiring a lot of help from other people, some of the people that have you in, the, in this journey? Absolutely. It took me four years to do the new edition. Wow. And there's about, there's about 80 pages that have been updated, but those 80 pages are packed. Every single paragraph had to knock it out of the park, right? Because it's such mm -hmm. a loved and adored um, book. Even the last 10 pages, I rewrote that chapter a hundred times 
before we came to the final. I have a hundred versions on my computer and thank goodness. I, so I believe in, if you're trying to excel at something, you hire a coach to help you get there faster and with greater ease. Mm -hmm. So I happened to meet Julianne Eason, who had, was actually the ghostwriter of Russell Brunson's first two books and many mm -hmm. others, of course, but uh, brilliant. She is so brilliant at just taking out what, you already have in your head that you recognize it's something that's your, your superpower, if you will, but to explain it in the most concise and clear way can be hard at times because it's what you do naturally. So to understand how other people perceive it can be difficult. So she came in and put structure to the ideas and helped me finish the book, which was critical. Cause then after that, when I, once I finished that, I said, Julie, will you help me with, rebuilding the core story methodology helped me rebuild the dream 100 so we did we built boot camps to help people or businesses create their own dream 100 their messaging with core story uh and many other things so i rebuilt the whole company based around the book that that uh, we updated oh that's amazing Cool. Somebody asked a question here. How does your customer journey or buyer's pyramid look like initially and how has it changed over the last three years? That's a good question. Um, so who is your customer journey? Are you talking about like in general, the customer journey is the buyer's pyramid still relevant? So what I did with the new edition, so for those that aren't familiar with this concept, so at any given time, let's say that you're on this Facebook live right now and you broadcast it out. 3% of the people that hear this will be in the buying now category. Yes, I'm interested in buying your services. Another 7% will be open to it. I've been thinking about it. Maybe I've been researching it. The next 30% are not thinking about your product, whatever you sell. The next 30% think that they're not interested. And the last 30% are definitely not interested. So 90% of the potential people you're reaching out to, whether it's with ads, whether it's on your billboard, whether it's speaking at a trade show, whether it's on a Facebook Live, whether it's cold calling, whether it's cold emailing, outreach on LinkedIn or Instagram DM at any, at all times, it's that 3% that are in buying now. So if you're only talking mm -hmm. about you, you're missing out on 97% of your potential clientele. So what you have to do to get the entire buyer's pyramid is to educate them on something that is of interest to them, to keep them in their seats, willing to want to hear what you have to say, to bring them into the buying now category. Now, when my father first came up with we call it a stadium pitch. What is the title that would keep them in their seats? When my father first came up with this, it was before content marketing. My father invented education-based marketing, which was a precursor to content marketing. So he was teaching uh, content marketing from radio ads, if you can believe it. Call in to get your free report on the four things to double your sales in the next 12 months. Right? Nobody was doing that on radio. Today, we see that on Facebook ads all the time. You know, opt in to get this free report or yeah. uh, via email, wherever it may be. So now what I in introduced is since business has flipped on its head over the last 15 years, since my father came out with the book, we took the buyer's pyramid that I explained to you, the 3%, 7%, mm -hmm. 30, 30, 30, and I flipped it upside down to explain how that uh, basically looking like a funnel, right? How mm -hmm. we structure the messaging to lead to you as the only logical conclusion. 
So that's what I've added because now everybody's doing content. I mean, there's yeah. 3.8 billion people that have social media profiles online today. And now we're competing with all that noise. So the clutter factor is so, so high, right? Do you ever feel mm -hmm. like you're posting on social and you go, ah, oh, I wish I wish my clientele were hearing me. Are you reaching out to them in email and you're just not getting a response? Why aren't they replying to me? You know, I had a meeting and now they're not answering my calls or my texts or my emails. Where, where are these people? It's because of the clutter factor. So we grab their attention through education. Since 40% of content online hinders the probability of a sale today, we have to follow a framework. We've forgotten the framework when creating our content. So I put in there our framework that we've used over the last 30 years to help us become number one uh, or to help more companies become number one in their industry than anybody mm -hmm. else. And we've assisted a quarter of a million businesses worldwide. So it is a framework that has worked and stood the test of time. We've never outwardly revealed it. It's always been our internal process, but in the new edition of the book, I share it. Oh, that's powerful. Great insights on that. And I think Russell also does the same thing when he was pitching anything on the stages and all seminars. He's like, start with that education. So once he educate, then only it's a concept of funnels at the end of the day. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. Cool. What has got better, according to you, in the book after the updates? <laughs> Your favorite ones. <laughs> well, my favorite part. So... Uh, the first meeting I had with Julie, Julie had said to me, you know, I think the foreword, instead of it being dear reader, it should be dear dad. And my first response was, oh my gosh, that's way too personal. I would never be able to put that in the book. And then over some time over our coaching call, I said, okay, fine. I've hired you to be my coach. I can't say no to the first thing you asked me to do. Because one of the critical things of being, getting great results from coaching is that you're coachable. So I said, Okay. I will take your coaching, but it's only a practice. I will only do it as an exercise. And uh, I happened to write this very vulnerable letter. It kind of just came out of me all in one sitting and I just started bawling. I mean, like ugly crying in a restaurant. <laughs> so I was out in public by myself, just like, you know, snot going everywhere <laughs> and put together this, this um, very heartfelt letter to my father. And that is the start to the new edition, the ultimate sales machine. And I think that, you know, I did a mini video of it, which if you go to ultimatesalesmachine.com, you can see the video of Dear Dad. It's a shortened version of it, but I've been getting a lot of positive response. And I think it's just because people need to know that we're human and it's okay that we have trials and tribulations. Um, but I, I'm personally very proud that I can start a sales book where I might make a few grown men shed a tear uh, cause that's not exactly what you would think of. You know, it's usually pretty machismo, you know, I am, uh, let me tell you how I'm the best. And this is kind of just pulling an Eminem movement, if you will, a m moment where, you know, you just kind of put all the chips on the line and say, this is my mess. Um, but it turned into, I, I love Nicholas Bailey says, turn your mess into your message. And, uh, so I took that from the foreword and then I found a letter that my father had written. So the only way that I really learned his business and what he really thought of his business was by reading his emails. I would go through his emails because uh, he wasn't there because he had passed uh, and I, he never trained me on any of it. So while I was reading through his emails, I found this letter that he had written where he said, I generated more wealth in the last six months than the previous eight years combined. And it's because of this. And I put that 
into the final chapter on how to live a rich and full life, uh, which was really powerful. But one thing I want to say about that, which I think is critical for anybody that is putting out content or educating their prospects, I, I did a hundred different versions of that chapter because I had ideas of what I wanted to write in that chapter. And I was perpetually over the last four years talking to different people about, yeah, I'm writing the new chapter. I'm writing an additional chapter. It's about blank. And I'd watch their facial expression. And if their eyes perked up and said, what? Or they leaned in, I knew I had something good. If they didn't seem to really care, I knew I hadn't hit the jackpot yet on what would get the attention of readers. So for four years, I tested over and over and over again, talking to different people. Oh, what's in the new edition of the book? Well, I have this final chapter and it's about service. And I tell you, nobody cares about service. Nobody, nobody's eyes light up over service. Or I said, oh, it's about leadership. Or, oh, it's about meditation. Or, oh, it's about frequency. Or, oh, it's about um, culture or, oh, it's a, you know, so many different iterations I did over and over and over again, just to watch people's faces. And when I finally got to, and here's the encore, I'm making it the encore. My father not never got to give. I mean, I would watch people's face tighten up, like trying to hold back the tears at just that one. And when I said the foreword is dear dad, I pause and I watch their face and I see it affect them. So when you're, figuring out your messaging for to reach your clientele, see their response. If you're talking to them or if you're on a Zoom, watch their micro expressions. Analyze their reaction to everything you're saying, right? Evoke from them. Ask the questions to see what really keeps them up at night mm -hmm. and what grabs their attention because that will assist you in everything else you're doing. I, th I think that's a really critical piece that a lot of people don't think about. They just think, I just need to talk and talk and talk and, and eventually mm -hmm. someone will listen. But you need to watch how they listen and what grabs their attention. So true. It's small, minute thing, but makes a huge difference in that particular thing. Yeah, it, with, when you... I, I love that part when you talk about like you... Four years is a long time, first of all, and you were talking with so many people and giving those people and noticing their expressions and all that stuff. That is really amazing. And you it's because talking their language, what in, what excites them instead of you. It really comes back to the whole concept of the book, right? That mastery isn't about doing 4,000 different things. It's about mm. doing 12 things 4,000 times. And the single most important thing we need to succeed in business is what my father teaches, the pig-headed discipline and determination. Do you have the pig-headed discipline and determination to continue to refine your messaging, to continue to refine who your dream 100 better buyers are? You know, those that buy the most from you the most often. You continue to work that skill. You continue to become an expert on your time management because billionaires have the same 24 hours in a day. It's just the way yep. that they manage it is so much better than the average person that wastes all this time throughout their day. So each one of those skill sets from each chapter in the book, you need that pig-headed discipline to continue to refine it and make it better and better. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree on that particular thing. It's mastery is and being an expert on one thing is way better than uh, learning 100 new things, as you said. Amazing. And uh, that leads to me when you were talking about that you were reading your dad's emails and all that stuff. Uh, that leads to me interesting question here. 
when you were writing this book when you were writing any any chapter of her did you try to keep her like keep this thing in mind that i'm going to be talking as my dad was writing this book or did you go with your own um own way yeah that's uh funny that you asked that because when i when i first started the book so penguin kept asking oh well you write the new edition write the new edition i kept saying no to them cuz i thought that thing is sacred i could never touch it and then uh i eventually said yes and but it was with the caveat of don't put my name on the book i don't want my name being known in the book that i'm updating it i'll just update it as if i'm chet home so i'll i'll write in the in the way that i think my father would have spoken so first the whole first 2 years really majority of the edits that were made were all to match my father's voice So every time he said faxing, I would switch that right to email or SMS text, right? Um websites being two words, but every time I would edit it, it would be like I would be shaking like, oh, "Okay, I made the edit." Oh, okay, like it would give me heart palpitations to like edit his masterpiece. Yeah. And then when I hired Julie and we started doing this work together, I started to develop my own voice and it started to being out of integrity. for me to write in my voice or the things that i was trying to explain it was so weird for my father to talk about a story about instagram dms like i have an instagram dm how i followed up with russell brunson and they bought 650 of the ultimate sales machine books and oh. for my father to have said that didn't make sense hmm. it made sense for it to come from me because i had yeah. done it right so i over time developed my own voice within writing it and that's why my book my name is on the cover of the book now and you will see throughout the book there's grayed out areas where that's where I have written and I'm making mm. a stance because my voice is actually very different from my father's I'm very playful and fun and lighthearted and uh you know uh my father's a lot more serious and um I did change some things about his voice because I think that we've had um We have a lot of violence in our world today. So I took out some of the like he used to call the seven musts of marketing. Each must was a secret weapon. And mm. so I took out a lot of the like the references to slaughtering things or mm -hmm. killing things or weapons and I and I made them a little bit softer like marketing vehicles <laughs> or <laughs> to beat the competition instead of like killing the competition. Like just trying to um uh calm calm the harshness of his words a bit for the modern time you know we're yeah. we're in a place where people get really offended very easily about the words that you use so try to make it a little bit more loving absolutely that makes definite sense nowadays it's needed sometimes yeah i i, I felt uh, when russell uh, invited these people on stage of hl he was like no cursing and still some people were doing it and we were like shocked all that stage All right. Any anything else? Any last words regarding the book, or you want to address to our audience today? Uh, so I would highly recommend. Right. It took my father doubled the sales for nine different companies for a billionaire by the name of Charlie Munger, co-chairman of Berkshire Hathaway. Mm -hmm. He then worked with sixty of the Fortune five hundred, who paid him anywhere between a quarter of a million to a million dollars to help them in their businesses. Today, you can get. all of that amazing information that has then assisted a quarter of a million businesses worldwide for less than $20. True. If you don't get that book, you obviously aren't interested 
in success in your business. Because that is the greatest hack for having a roadmap that is proven, that is timeless, that works. It's worth that $20. I, I guarantee it, right? If you read that, we even have a guarantee in the book. If you read the book and you say, hey, this isn't bringing me value, we'll give your money back. Because we, we know from having so many people read it that it is absolutely magnificent. So you, everyone's homework from watching this is to go to ultimatesalesmachine.com and get that book. And get it at ultimatesalesmachine.com because you'll also get tickets to uh, our virtual launch party, which Russell Brunson's speaking at, oh. Jay Abraham is speaking at, uh, Jeffrey Hazlett yeah. is speaking at. So a lot of big names in the industry and you would get uh, one of those tickets. So ultimatesalesmachine.com. Absolutely. That's super powerful. RJ already dropped the link. Guys, take Thank a... You. Buy that book today and make sure you tag Amanda Holmes too on, on her Instagram. She always share uh, everything you tag her. So do that. I know that I'm going to be doing it right away after this. Joseph is watching. Let's go, Amanda. That's amazing. Yes, amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. We already have an interview. So cool, Amanda. I'll be dropping that link again. RJ has already dropped it. Make sure you guys hit the trigger. Make the purchase. Tag Amanda. And that's it. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much, Amanda, for coming on show, giving your time and dropping so many gold nuggets. We will catch up for another episode next time. Till then, stay tuned, everyone. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And if you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to visit dreamclientsecrets.com to get more information about how you can grow and scale your online business. And if you love this show, don't forget to leave me a five-star review and I will see you in the next episode.